0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: So today we're going to start our new series called Holy Habits of Grace. Holy Habits of Grace. All the ministers will be sharing different spiritual disciplines and there, we're going to talk about seven spiritual disciplines. There are more than seven, but here are the sevens that we're going to focus on in the series. The Word of God, prayer, fellowship, servitude, giving, praise and worship, and rest. Seven holy habits. The Word of God, prayer, fellowship, servitude, giving, praise and worship, and rest. Each one of these spiritual disciplines you can expound on and teach for months. <laughs> but there are others we won't talk about um, in this series, such as solitude. That's where you quiet. I didn't even know that was a spiritual discipline until years ago that I enrolled into a, a school, and, 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 and they had us read this book about, um, his name is Richard Foster, called Celebration of Spiritual Disciplines. And he talked about Solitude. And I was like, I never looked at solitude as a spiritual discipline, but in, I think he's from the Quaker background where they, 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 they're quiet a lot of times. And, and I never saw it from scriptures, but he expounded on it, how it's just good to just be quiet for a season When, when I say for a season, but not talk as much as, you know, don't do excessive talking so that you can reflect on the word of God and you can quiet your spirit. I thought that was, we won't talk about that perhaps the person who's doing rest will talk about solitude. Another spiritual discipline that we won't talk in this series is is about evangelism. How many know that's a spiritual discipline? Um, I I had a wonderful opportunity of witnessing to Jacopo. He thought he was a Christian prior to meeting me and he found out I'm not a Christian. (laughs) But how many know it takes discipline? It's a part of our calling as Christians to evangelize. We need to always think about how can we win this person to the Lord, family and friends. And then the last one that I mentioned is we, we won't talk about, we, we might slip it in, is fasting. Fasting is also a spiritual discipline. The earlier church did fasting every, Tuesdays, every Tuesday and Thursday. That was common for the earlier church to fast twice a week and nothing but water. So those are things, those are spiritual disciplines. So today, before we start, we're going to start the series, but I'm going to introduce it. And then I'm, next week, I'll expound on the word of God. And then each minister will talk about their specific assigned discipline. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. The fire of holy habits... Spiritual disciplines for every Christian. That's what today's message is. The fire of holy habits. Spiritual disciplines for every Christian. John chapter eight. You know Courtney had nothing to do with the title because the title is extremely long. Whenever she has something to do with it, it's really short because she wants you to remember it. But in my mind, it's like I want to write a paragraph for the (laughs) the thing. So whenever you see a long title, Courtney had nothing to do with it. (laughs) John chapter eight. Verse 31 and 32, it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth will set you free. So we see from here that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to Jewish disciples, people, believers who believed in him, Jews that believed in him. And he says to them, if you abide the word abide simply means to dwell and live, make a habitation out of. If you abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And then he goes on and says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And sometimes I've heard it growing up, the truth will set you free. But, but it's, it's you knowing the truth. It's applied truth that will set you free. You can know drugs is bad but if you but just because you know that drugs are bad doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to that truth is going to set you free. You can know eating sweet potato pie, eating sweet potato pie all the time is bad. But just because you know that doesn't mean you're set free from that bad habit It's truth acted upon that sets you free. Knowledge is not power. It's knowledge applied that is power. You can have great knowledge, but if you don't have wisdom to apply it, you won't, that knowledge won't profit you anything. You can have all the books you want in the library, but if you never read the books and apply what you read, it's useless. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know, the word know is intimacy. You will have intimacy with the truth, and the truth will make you free. As disciples, a disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. It's one thing to believe in Christ, but it's another thing to follow him. The Bible does not know a Christian who doesn't follow Christ. Believing and following are inseparable, what we like to do is you come to Jesus and then, let, let, you know, then there's a call for discipleship. But really, coming to Jesus is the call to discipleship. There's no separation of, I believe, but I'm not following. A dis- disciple, a disciple is a disciplined follower. And some Christians, they hate the word dis- discipline. Discipline in our what? In our bodies. I'm sure, well, maybe because of the, the numbers are going up, at one point during the new year, the gyms will be full of people because they, they made their little resolutions. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going, I'm going to work out. But how I many know, it's one thing to do it a month, but it's another thing to do it every single week for the rest of your life. It's another thing to be disciplined over, to saving for something, but to have a lifestyle of discipline of giving towards the lord and taking 10% to save and taking 10% to you know to invest and so forth. It's one thing to how I many of we need to be disciplined in our money. We need to be disciplined in our, in our bodies. We need to be disciplined in our minds. You're not to allow your mind to go anywhere. How I many of your mind will go anywhere? It'll take you down a road that you don't want to go. You let it, let it, let it just wonder. Sometimes you have to watch this even in prayer. When you're praying, you're think, you know, your mind will begin to wonder. You start thinking about what you're going to do after the prayer. Let me check my phone. So maybe somebody texted me while I was praying. That five minute prayer, no one's texting you. Don't, don't let the devil fool you. Let me go check. Maybe one of the kids need me. Maybe my parents, you know, no, ignore it. If it's important, God, because you're in communion with God, I believe God will let you know when to get up and get that phone if you're in deep prayer. But most of us don't spend enough time in deep prayer that that it's not going to even bother. Uh, But we need to be disciplined with our minds, disciplined with our bodies, disciplined with our words, disciplined with our time. One of the things that I didn't get to talk about with spiritual appraisal is the... um, to maximize the time that we have on the earth. I, know, I mean, you need to be disciplined with your time. You need to, you can't control time, but you can run with time, you can walk with time, you can manage yourself in, this, in, in what we call time. Making sure that I'm, t- I'm mindful of pe- people's times, I'm mindful of my time, don't waste my time. I mean, it's, 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 it's not wise to listen to everybody. You know, everybody who calls you—it's not wise to answer every call, to respond to every text, every email. We at the church—we get emails all the time from all over the world. Come and help us. We want you to come. And can you give us Bibles? It's a big deal. Um, Bibles in certain countries, they want us to send hundreds of Bibles. Uh, or can, you, can you commit to 25 Bibles? I imagine somebody's on the other side scamming and trying to get us to send those Bibles so they can sell those Bibles. You know, I, I, I Sometimes when homeless people come up to me, I always think like, uh... They're going to use this for something else, the money that they're asking for. I said, well, I'll buy you something. I'll never forget this young man. He came to the church, and he wanted me to, he, 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 he was living with his girlfriend, and he was like, Pastor, I, I need you to buy some, I, I need to buy some food for my family. And so I just listened to him. He's like, you know, can, can, you, can, you, can you send me $100 of cash out? I said, hmm, hold on. And I found out where he lived at. I called a good sister of mine who lived in the same area. I said, I'm going to send you $100. Can you go and buy some groceries for this family for me? Oh, absolutely. So I called the young man back. I said, actually, a friend of mine is going to buy the food for you and your family. You just need to let her know what you want. He was livid. He was mad. He's like, how dare you? He did everything but cuss me out. (laughs) I'm like, but... I thought you said you needed food. Come to find out later on, he, he was a pothead. He he smoked a lot of marijuana. I'm like, I'm not contributing to this. I mean, oh God, will give you wisdom. So you're not you were not called to meet every need. So we have to be disciplined in our money and and about giving and disciplined in our money and and our time making sure that we're not wasting time. So here the scripture says, if you, if the word of God abides, if you abide in the word of God, then you are his disciples. How many know that in order to be a disciple, you got to become a disciplined one, disciplined in prayer. Some people are not disciplined in prayer. They only pray. I mean, I have a PhD in prayer on the go. I can pray on the go, but it is more challenging for me to pray quietly, just like being still and not doing anything. It's. I mean, you might be the opposite where you can't pray on the go and you have a PhD praying quietly in this, that time. But how many know you have to discipline yourself to sit down or to get on your knees and to pray for a certain amount of time? Not that it's about time, but to spend that time with the Lord. How many know it's discipline to drive all across town, all the towns that you drive and find a parking space and walk up them stairs and come and sit down and hear a word for 45 minutes to an hour? It, it, it takes discipline to do that. It, that, that, that. You know, some of us we, we oh we got we got to move. You know, we on a move. Uh, but but you, you just have to you have to learn how to be disciplined to listen and sit down and hear the word of God. Forty five minutes to an hour a week. Some of us are disciplined to watch a, a binge our favorite shows for three hours. We won't move, even if we have to use the bathroom <laughs> and where you can push the pause button. I mean, we, we, we are disciplined to watch a certain show. Some of us, and I think all of us are disciplined, but some of us are disciplined in bad habits. You know, we discipline. I, you know, if my favorite show is on, I will make time for my favorite show. Come on, am I the only one trying to be honest? I'm telling you, I will make sure. I'm going to watch this at this time. It's coming out. I'm going to download it. I'm going to pause it or whatever it takes. We're disciplined on certain things. Sometimes we're disciplined in our laziness. We make sure we're going to get seven, eight, nine, ten hours of rest. (laughs) But we're not disciplined in other things. And so spiritual discipline is part of A disciple, again, is a disciplined follower of Christ. The fire of holy habits will fuel your relationship with Christ. The fire of holy habits will fuel that relationship with Jesus. You're, let me say this. Let me put this disclaimer out. You're not earning anything by praying and studying and giving. You're not earning anything with God. You're not adding to your salvation because, in the sense of... Um, Position yourself to be saved for doing all these things. I heard my former former pastor, the one who ordained me, trained me in the ministry, who changed my life. I spoke in tongues a whole lot more, before, a lot before I met him. But after I met him, I took it up probably two or three times or even five times more. And he said that God will walk with any man or woman who has any type of struggle. And one of my, one of the gospel artists that I grew up listening to, he, I later on, I just found out the other day, he he, he had been struggling with alcoholism. He was an alcoholic for many, many years. He would do concerts and then go and, but there's something that happened in his past when he was a kid where his dad and mom would physically beat him and speak negative words and, you know, and whatnot. And so for all these years, he had struggled with that depression. He dealt with that. And I heard the words of my former, former pastor saying, God will walk with any man or woman who has a sh- issue, who has sh- challenges. You know, um, an alcoholic has is a sickness. You know, some, some churches is like, oh, they're going to hell. But it's not that simple as black and white. There are reasons people drinking to sometimes to drown out the voices or to forget about the memory. That, that changes things, right? <laughs> we need to be more compassionate. You don't know what people are walking in. And, 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 and we need to be very compassionate and very merciful. I think as you, you and I mature in, in God, we mature in grace. We're more gracious. We're more merciful. We're not so quick to judge, <laughs> you know. And when when a, you know a young Christian, like pfft, everybody's is going to hell. <laughs> a mature Christian's like, "How can I help you? How can I pray for you? I'm gonna be there for you. Let me just be a listening ear. Yeah, let me let me get you into a program. Let, let me do something, right? That as you mature in Christ, you you realize it's not always as black and white. Sometimes people are, have habits that are addictions that they can't help. And that God will even use us as an instrument of words of encouragement and prayers. I'm preaching better. Y'all saying good. Amen. But but we need to have that. It's not always that. I mean, as a youth pastor, I probably preached that You're going to hell, buddy, every week. <laughs> but as I matured in the faith, I got more compassionate about people. Because it's not always that simple. Um, people ending up in divorce. It's not always that somebody cheated or perhaps it's, it's not always a sinful action. Sometimes it's, it's conflict and, and even though God hates divorce, um, God still loves his people and he'll still walk with his people even in a sinful action like divorce and help them to get to wholeness. Amen. Amen. And so the the fire of holy habits will fuel your relationship with Christ. Again, you're not earning anything with God by being disciplined in these spiritual habits. You're you're one with God through Christ because of your faith in Jesus. And because of your faith in Jesus, you become disciplined in these habits. God's love is not driven by our performance. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. I thank God for that. (laughs) There's nothing I can do or not do to make him love me more. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. (laughs) I cannot drive his love for me. And sometimes in growing, I grew up in a Baptist church and a Methodist church and and, and somewhat around Pentecostalism. And I realized sometimes the, the preaching was, let me do this. Or God's going to get me. <laughs> Thank God I'm free from that. <clears throat> He's a, He has more mercy than I have sin. Come on. <laughs> Thank God. There is a, a sea, if I can use this, Lord, of his mercy compared to, you know, uh, into my sin. I mean, he has more mercy and more grace than I have sin. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> That's enough for you coming all the way across town and coming up in the stairs to hear that message. There's more mercy in Christ than there's sin in my life. Glory to God. God's love is not driven by our performance. Our performance or application of the faith is driven out of our love or out of his love for us. His love for me do not grow, It doesn't grow, but my love for him will. And these holy habits will help me to increase my love for him. And my understanding, the more I understand how much he loves me, the more I'm wanting to spend time with him in these spiritual disciplines. The more I, I want to pray. The more I realize how, what he did for me, the more I want to give, the more I want to the more I want to study the scriptures, the more I want to evangelize, the more I want to fellowship, the more I want to serve. If you pray eight hours a day instead of the scriptures, at least two hours a day and tithe at least 20% of your income and witness to everyone you come in contact, you will not earn your place in the kingdom of God. (laughs) Just because you pray eight hours doesn't make you God's special child. (laughs) <laughs> glory to God, <laughs> I don't have to be, I don't have to um, live up to somebody else's measurement stick, you know, uh, their standard, Jesus is the standard, and he is my mediator, he did, he did, the, he, he obeyed the law so that I could reap the benefits, come on, so when God sees me, he sees me in Christ, not in the old Adam, not in the first Adam, but in the second Adam. I am in Christ. And he deals with me not according to my sins, but according to Jesus's righteousness. Amen. It doesn't. Studying the scriptures. Will not benefit God. <laughs> Reading the Bible does not benefit God. It benefits us. When I, when, I, when I realized that, it changed everything. Oh, I'm living for God. <laughs> no, um, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm praying today for him to have his will. Well, yes, I, prayer and reading and studying and giving and evangelizing and resting and praise and worship will allow you to receive from God. Some Christians, oh, they, they love that truth our performance does not drive his love, so they do nothing. But if you get a revelation of his love, it will drive you to do something. We're, we're not saved by our works. We're saved to work. Because of his works, is it motiva- my motivation to work. It's my motivation to pray. It's my motivation to give. It's my motivation to evangelize. I'm not like the Jehovah witness that's on the street who's evangelizing, trying to be part of the 144,000. I'm not trying to, I'm not selling bean pies. I'm not trying to witness for God to make him do something. Christianity is the only religion that the maker and the God, the deity does something for the people. Christianity is not, religion is man's search for God. Christianity is God's search for man. I didn't find the Lord. He found me. I didn't choose the Lord. He chose me. Come on. Come on. (laughs) And out of that comes these, these, this holy fire or these holy habits of spiritual disciplines. Uh, Because he loves me. I want to love him back. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Because he gave. I want to give. Because he lives. I want to live. Amen. Um, Studying the scripture gets rid of doubt and unbelief in your life. It removes ignorance from your life. It doesn't do anything for God for you to study the scriptures, but it presents you to receive from God. Because why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I read and study the scriptures, it helps me. I started going to bed recently to listening to the scriptures. So I decided I want to every night... I'm reading, I'm I'm listening, excuse me, throughout the night. Let's say I sleep seven hours. I'm listening from Genesis, I mean, excuse me, Matthew to Revelation. So every night I'm going to listen to the New Testament. Now, the other night I tried to listen while I was sleeping, I I put on Psalms, the books of Psalms. And what I realized to read the whole book, all the books of Psalms, is um, nine hours, according to the Dwell app. So I know that I'm not going to get through Psalms unless I'm sleeping nine hours. And I don't sleep at nine hours. I haven't slept for nine hours since I was a baby. (laughs) But I got, I woke up, and I'm telling you, I I saw the difference in my attitude. I saw the difference in my, my, you know, just, I was more aware of God. There was more of a praise. And so last night, the the other night, I listened to Matthew. I think I, I got through Matthew, Mark, whatever, however long it took, and I was listening to it. And it refreshed me. There's something about it. When you're listening to the word, I, I, you know, I, I, usually I listen to William Augusto, probably making him a millionaire by listening to him for all these years. But there's something about listening to the scriptures. And I went to the bed listening. And I woke up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night listening to scriptures. And and I I went back to the sleep listening to the scriptures. And I woke up in the morning brushing my teeth and helping the youngest to get ready listening to scriptures. Um, I'm I'm getting breakfast ready. That's when Courtney was away. Uh, Listening to scriptures. Feeding my heart's desire. I'm not doing this to earn anything from God. It does nothing for God, but it does everything for me. Amen. Prayer doesn't do anything for God, but does everything for us in the world. Prayer and fasting don't change God because he's not the one stuck. Fasting and prayer removes us from being stuck and positions us to receive. Fasting will shut your flesh down so you can hear from God. He's he's the one who's talking, but because of sin and this world and the devil and our minds and our experiences are blocking us from hearing. And when I fast and I pray, my attendance, they go up and I'm able to receive words from God. I'm able to get a download. See, prayer and fasting removes, I'm using that as a one, prayer and fasting, they remove Anything, any viruses, anything that is hindering my walk with God, when I pray and I fast and I study the scriptures and I praise and I worship and I confess the word and I give and I evangelize and I come to church and I serve, all those things and I rest, all those things are positioning me to receive downloads from God, allowing him to operate in my life. He's operating on me as I get his word in me. Those things that should not have been there. Those things that I borrowed from somebody else. Those things that I received through those television shows. Those those things that I received through the words that were speaking to me. His word begins to destroy the strongholds that are in my life. Prayer changes. If it doesn't change anything else, it changes me. Prayer will move the mountain even if I'm the mountain that needs to be moved. <laughs> See, you can't change everything in prayer. Come on, uh-huh. come on. You know I'm a man of prayer. You, prayer does not change everything, but above all it, changes you. You can pray for your haters. How many got some haters? I don't know, I don't know, you just live it. You got the devil, the devil is the worst hater. <laughs> He's the biggest hater. <laughs> you have some haters. And even prayer doesn't change your haters. It'll change you, your attitude towards your haters. <laughs> Amen. The Bible says pray for those that despitefully use you and pray for those that persecute you. Begin to pray for that person that spoke bad words about your gossip. And I guarantee you, it may not change them. It'll change you towards them. That, that was one of the main things I learned from my father is to pray for your enemies. When you pray, it's it's an act of love, not praying. Now, some of us are like, yeah, I pray. Lord, get them. No, that's not the type of prayer you need to be praying for your enemies. Praying, Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, bless them. Move in their lives. Amen. Prayer doesn't do anything for God, but it does everything for us in the world. Prayer and fasting don't change God, but because he is the one that's stuck, they change us. Prayer changes our circumstances. Prayer changes your neighbor. And above all, prayer changes us. That's why we need to pray. It is an act of dependence upon God. When I pray, I'm telling God I depend upon him. I realize that this situation that I'm in is bigger than me and I don't have the authority. I don't have the ability to change it, but I depend upon you. Sometimes prayer prepares you for the worst to come, worst things to come. Prayer will prepare you for the the evil day that is coming to your house. How many know the evil days come to all of us? He says, "Having done all to stand, stand therefore in the evil day. What's the evil day? The day that evil visits you. The day that calamities vis- visits you. The day that crisis. How I many know crisis come to us all? Oh, there's no one who has this perfect life. Welcome to the world. <laughs> um, I remember sometimes uh, when, when the youngest son was, uh, was he whining and crying and certain individuals wanted to like just uh, pet him. and I said pet him, but love on him and stuff. I'm like, listen, he's going to be crying more than what you, you and I want to believe he is. <laughs> um, th- there's no, we, we, we think that we're go- everybody's going to live forever, right? <laughs> but we realize that's not the case. People are dying. And part of reading and studying the scriptures, it will prepare you for even how to deal with death. The Bible speaks about death. It's a time to be born and a time to die. So God will prepare you for the loved ones who are about to die in your lives. He'll prepare you. He will prepare you. I'm not saying that you're not going to be crying or grieving, but what I'm saying to you, it won't be a bigger blow because you realize you love him more than you love the person that you want to stay here forever. Amen. Giving moves us to to a place to receive from God. Giving will not move God, but giving will move us to receive fellowship blesses us and our neighbors rest blesses us. How many know the Bible, as I read through Genesis yesterday, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and today's 4, 5, 6, right? And 7? I think it's 3. Yeah, 4, 5, 4, 5 6. 7. That's 8. That's 4 chapters. I think it's 4 through 8. I'm not sure. I think it's 4 through 7. Anyway, as I was reading, it says that God rested on the seventh day. He's showing us how to live in Genesis. He created things in six days, and he rested on the seventh Some of us want to rest six days and work one day. And God says, no, you work six six days and you rest on the seventh. In the American system, we work supposedly five days and rest two. (laughs) So we get a bonus. (laughs) But God has set up the situation. He says, this is how you do it. Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. You you work six, six days and you rest at least one. Amen. Rest blesses us. It puts us in a better position. When you're rested, you can do more. You can get more out of the day than when you don't rest. Serving blesses others as well as it blesses us. It changes our heart, or our entitlement mentality, into an attitude of serving and gratitude. Praise and worship—they blesses God, but it also blesses us. God delights in our spiritual habits. I'm almost finished. Romans chapter 12. Let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 12, the fire of holy habits, spiritual disciplines for every Christian. Every Christian should be having at least these seven disciplines. Romans chapter 12, verse one. Let's look at verse one. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. One translation says, I beg of you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, in view of all that I've said from Romans 1 to Romans 11, in view of all that I just unpacked to you, I'm asking you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is your spiritual worship. I mean, it does matter what you do with your body. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is part of our spiritual worship. The fire of holy habits will help you to make you holy. This this is what we call the means of grace that God uses to separate us from the world. The more you read the word and study the word and the more the word gets in you, the more you pray, the more you fast, the more you rest, the more, I mean, when I say rest, I'm talking about, y'all keep that in mind. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm just resting. Watching TV is not resting, <laughs> Actually, scientists have said that it takes more energy to watch TV than to just rest. Resting is simply coming to a a retreating. When you're you're watching TV, your mind is going, right? You're not resting. (laughs) I'm resting, no, no, no you're not. (laughs) You're just working in a different way. Uh, To rest, it, 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 it talks about reflecting upon the goodness of God, David says sometimes he'll lay in his bed and he he will meditate on the goodness of God. He prays and he praises God and worships God and and there's a rest that comes upon the people of God according to Hebrews 4. And so here we see that these spiritual disciplines will help us to be holy. When you begin to empty, uh, excuse me, when you begin to employ these spiritual disciplines, you'll find yourself not entangled with the things of this world. Prayer helps to keep your attitude right. When you pray in the Spirit and you pray with your understanding, it changes your attitude. Um, the Word of God shapes the way that we should look at situations. Um, you, you become more heavenly minded. The negative side, uh, the old cliche, is to be heavenly minded is no earthly good. Um, that's not true. What they're saying, not to be flaky minded is no earthly good. But to be heavily minded is to be some earthly good. You're thinking about someone's else um, investment. You got your brothers and your sisters, you you put them above yourself. That's to be heavily minded. You become more of who God, you become more aware of who God is and your reason for being as you employ these spiritual disciplines. God gives grace. If we humble ourselves and use the spiritual means of grace to pursue him. I think sometimes people think grace is automatic. But we see the Bible says, there's one thing I know I can do to qualify for God's grace. (laughs) You say qualify? Isn't grace something you don't deserve? The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He gives grace to the humble. If I humble myself, right, if I come with the right attitude, so your attitude positions you to receive from God. I humble myself. I become teachable, pliable in the hands of God. He's able to give grace to the humble. The Bible actually says he resists the proud. He sets up like an army against you when you're prideful. God can do more with a humble person than he can with a prideful person. So as you humble yourself, and these spiritual disciplines will humble you. In the Old Testament, when they went to go fast, they would clothe themselves with you know, sackcloth and ashes. They would rip their clothes off and, and, and lay before the Lord. And they, speaking of humility, they will humble themselves. And how I many a prayer humbles you. Come on. If you do it right, you, it really will bring you to your knees when you really pray. You, you, you can't be prideful in prayer. It's just like, it's like, wait a minute, what are you trying to do? And when you really study the scriptures, the more you read, the more you are like, I don't really know this God that I'm, I serve who saved me. I mean, the more I read the Bible, the more I realize I don't know God. <laughs> the more I come around the saints, the more I realize the more love I need. <laughs> hey, I got to treat the same members the same way, whether they come to church or they don't come to church, right? My love c- cannot change based on their performance. How many of you got to be like that for parents? Godparents. You got you to gotta love or even dealing with your parents, uh, dealing with brothers and sisters. You got to love. You love them regardless. I ain't going nowhere. And I did use the word ain't. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be here to the end. That's the way when we come together. All our issues. you in my favorite seat. <laughs> you, you, you know, like, you, you, why did they use you to do the announcements? You, you got to get past that. That's fellowship. Servitude and resting and so forth. Your spirit becomes stronger as you. You, you take the word of God and, and you pray and you employ these spiritual disciplines. Your mind will continue to be renewed and your body will be in a position, be in a position to present your body as to God as a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship. Let's look at verse two. I almost finished. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So here we see here uh, one translation. J. B. Phillips says this. J. P. Phillips says this. He says, "Don't allow the spirit of the age to squeeze you into its mold." That's what it says in verse two. Don't allow the spirit of, uh, of the age to squeeze you into its mold. How many? How many know it's, it's easy to get squeezed into the mold of the world. The, the most of the things on social media, internet, television, YouTube um, will conform you to this world. They're not doing the opposite. <clears throat> so we got to be, we got to be purposeful. There's not a lot of people seeking the will of God. There's not a lot of people seeking the will of God. Think about the people in your circle. How many are totally sold out? They're giving themselves over to God and his word and his kingdom and prayer and evangelism. They're trying to advance the kingdom of God. How many people in your circle is doing that? Not a lot. So be the one. Don't allow. And these spiritual disciplines will help us to be the one to stand out. Spiritual disciplines will help us not to be conformed to this world. If you don't employ spiritual disciplines, you'll find yourself thinking like the world, talking like the world, and living like the world. You cannot do the will of God if you're not disciplined. Some Christians are lazy they don't study the scriptures. They don't pray. If you pray, it's going to take some, something out of you. When you pray right, it's going to take something out of you. It's, it's easy. Listen to this. I don't know, there's no condemnation in here. I've done it a million times, so I'm talking about myself. Uh, you need prayer? Let me write down all the names. And, and it's so easy to say, Lord, just bless. Bless the household of the rights. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I prayed for you today. <laughs> That's lazy. You know, let the, the spirit, Lord, I pray right now in the name. I pray for that Declan. I thank you that he has the right appetite. I thank you for delivering him from those allergies. And, and, and you're going specific. That's a lot of work. It takes energy to do it right. It's lazy to look, just bless the whole household. <laughs> I've been guilty of that. But you, we have to be more, if we're going to really have, have our prayers make a difference, Be specific. And pray details and, and be open to the spirit of God to lead you to pray certain things for them. It's a lot of work when you do it right. But some Christians are too lazy, too lazy to study the scripture. They barely read it. I remember being a kid. Let me read a psalm because I knew the psalms were real short, some of them. <laughs> let me read Psalm 23. Yeah, that's my, that's my Bible reading today, Lord. It's easier to do that and ease my conscience and go to bed. I read the Bible today. What you read, the shortest verse. <laughs> There's a short, short chapter in Psalms. I think it's like two or three verses. Oh, I, love, I used to love that verse. Like, oh yeah, I read, I read a chapter. <laughs> Psalm 119 will crucify your flesh. It is the longest chapter in the Bible. It will crucify your flesh. You're like, when is David going to finish talking about the word? <laughs> so 119, like, when I, I, I get tired looking at it. And then when you're reading through the Bible, you get through Leviticus. You're like, what? What does this have to do with Jesus? Twenty twenty two. I don't understand the sacrifices. And you got to beware of the houses and all this. What does this have to do with life? God, I don't even understand why you. And then you get to the begots. So and so begot so and so. What does this have to do with Jesus and me and, and making a difference and fulfilling my destiny? <laughs> Everything. God is very detailed. And then even the way he told Noah to to put the ark together. God is a very detail-oriented God. He cares about every element of our lives. The smallest things to the biggest things. Proverbs 2, more scriptures. I'll let you go. Proverbs chapter 10, verse four. How many know it takes work to to read and study the scriptures every day? It just takes discipline. And not just to read it, but to like, I'm gonna actually study this. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 10, verse four says, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Specifically, Proverbs of Solomon is talking about working and not being lazy in work, but we can apply it spiritually. The slack hand causes poverty. If you're slack in these spiritual disciplines, it will cause spiritual poverty. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. If you want to be rich in the word, you got to spend time in the word. You got to go and dig the treasures for the treasures of God's word. If you want to be rich in prayer, you got to spend much time before God. If you want to be rich in fasting, you got to spend much time denying yourself and refusing that pie and refusing that meal. You're turning down. But you're not just not eating, but you're praying instead of eating. Right. That's what fasting is. Right. It's not just I'm not eating. I'm just drinking my water. Yeah, I fasted a week. No, you, 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 you need to be doing something instead of eating. All right, last one. Proverbs chapter twelve. Proverbs twelve twenty four. Says this: The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. New Living Translation says, work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Specifically, it's talking about working. But this, we can apply to even spiritual things. Work hard on these spiritual disciplines. Work hard in prayer. Labor hard in prayer. Come on. But labor out of grace. Receive God's grace. He'll give you grace to pray for long time or effectiveness receive God's grace and he'll give you grace to study he'll give you grace to fast he'll give you grace to give he'll give you grace to witness come on he'll give you grace to serve and and rest that's grace how many know we need grace It's, it's by grace so we're not coming from a place of performance it's his grace enabling us true grace will enable you to do the will of God it does not enable you to do nothing there's the hyper grace where, oh, God does all of it. But how many know there's a God side and there's a human side? You got to confess your sins to be forgiven. You got to confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him in order for you to be saved. There, there, there's But there's all it's all grace by grace. Amen. You and I get to know the Lord through, the, the, through these spiritual disciplines, the word, prayer, fasting, giving, fellowship, evangelizing, praise and worship, resting, solitude and others. To help us to know God. These spiritual disciplines are meant to. Are not meant to put us in bondage. But to liberate us. In Christ. Because we are free. We should love God through these means of grace. You should want to pray hours and tongues. You should want to tithe and give. You should want to witness. You should want to serve at your local church. Or serve in the community. And serve in, in your family. Let twenty two. Let 2022 be a year of the word. That's what I got for, for our house. It's that 2022, I'm talking about our church is 2022 is a year of the word of God. What is What does that mean? Pass it away. Does it mean that all the other years are not the year of the word? What I'm saying is to double up, to triple up. Now, if you haven't been doing nothing, you don't double nothing, right? <laughs> zero times zero is what? Zero. Right. Oh, uh, but, but, Put some effort to put more, 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 more time in the word, more time in prayer. Double up on the word of God. Make great efforts and great strides to to put the word of God in your heart and in your mind. Make it a religious. I say religious. Make it a religious habit to spend time in your word of God. Not because you're trying to get get God to love you more. Because he loves you so much, you want to read his words to you. You want to read his love letters. I, I, to this day, I, I'm still in love with my wife, and I look forward to hearing her words. I read her words. I, I hear her words. Amen. Right? If you're, if, if you're in love with Jesus, you want to hear his words. You want to pray. You want to talk to him. You want to be around his people. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray, Father, that we will take these means of grace and we'll run with it. Father, may we not not get into legalism, trying to earn your favor, trying to earn your grace. But Father, I thank you that these are means of grace. These are empowered habits, holy habits, the fire of holy habits that empowers us. These habits will empower us to serve you in a way that's pleasing. You gave us prayer. You gave us your word. You gave us rest. You gave us witnessing. You gave us fasting. You gave us solitude. You gave us giving. You gave us praise and worship. You gave us fellowship so we can know you better. We wanna know you better
0: that concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening for more information about kingdom living ministries please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org also you can write to us by mail at po box 519 Cocos, new jersey 08073 and lastly If you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.